Hello, and welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines, people working to understand viruses and how they affect you. With the annual American Society for Virology meeting coming up soon, we are talking with students, postdocs, and other virologists presenting at the meeting so that you can learn who they are and what they do. I am Larissa Thackeray, and I am hosting this podcast from America's Heartland in St. Louis, Missouri. On June 15, 2023, we talked with Danielle Campbell, a postdoctoral scholar in the Baldrige Lab at Washington University School of Medicine. She received her Bachelor's of Science in Biology from the University of Puget Sound and her PhD in Microbiology from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. She uses culture-independent techniques to study phage viruses. Thanks for talking with us today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Danielle Campbell. Um, I'm a postdoc in the Baldridge Lab at Washington University Medical School, uh, where I work on phages from the human gut microbiome. Cool. And can you tell us a little bit about how you first got into virology and then also, I guess, science in general? Yeah, so I've liked science oof, pretty much my whole life. When I was a kid, I like was obsessed with bugs, collecting bugs from the backyard. Um, ended up uh, in college. My first like research experience was actually in a bird lab. So we studied seabirds um, and their consumption of plastics and other contaminants. Um, but I wasn't as into it as I thought I would be and ended up switching to a microbiology lab uh, that studied Della Vibrio. Um, which is a predatory bacterium. It's really, really cool. It's one of the smallest bacterial cells, and it actually eats other bacteria. So if you have Della Vibrio on a plate, it makes a plaque. And when it was first discovered, the guys who discovered it thought that it was a, a phage because um, it looks like a phage on a plate um, until you have an electron microscope and then you realize it's not. Um, so it started there and then in grad school had the opportunity to work on phages of bacteroides. Um, so I had a lot of those skills from culturing Della Vibrio already because it's pretty much the same as culturing phages um, and brought those with me to my projects in grad school and have just sort of stayed on the same track ever since. Cool, so I guess, can you tell us a little bit then about your the path that you followed in your education? Like how, where, where did you go to graduate school? How did you choose those institutions? You know, how did you choose your postdoc? What were you looking for? Yeah, so um, choosing a grad school for me was actually, um, not very hard. Uh, so the the year that I applied to grad school, there was like um, Congress had a big budget snafu. I can't remember what they called it at the time. Um, so this would have been, um, yeah, that would have been like 2012, 2013. And so I applied to a lot of institutions, but then most places ended up taking zero or one or two students into their programs that year. Um, so it was funny looking back, talking to other graduate students who enrolled at the same time. We kind of all had the same experience where we applied to pretty much the same institutions and then only a couple were even really admitting full classes at the time. So I ended up at the University of Illinois, which was not a bad thing. Um, 
I'm from Chicago originally, so going back to Illinois was really nice. Um, and the microbiology department at University of Illinois is really, really wonderful. So yeah, so uh, went to University of Illinois, and then choosing a postdoc, I I applied to a lot of labs. I applied to I want to say 10 or 11 labs, which in hindsight was way, way too many, most of which wanted to interview me. And I was in the process of scheduling those interviews. I had some of them set up. And um, my first one was supposed to be late February of 2020. And the PI called me the night before I was supposed to get on my plane. And he said, if you don't want to get on a plane tomorrow, it's okay. Um, <laughs> we can do this on Zoom. And uh, and I said, yeah, I'm having second thoughts about getting on a plane tomorrow. Obviously, this was start of uh, COVID. So I ended up doing them all uh, virtual, which turned out great because doing that many in-person interviews would have been very, very intense. But yeah, so I, I really liked a lot of the labs. Um, it was a hard choice, but really, um, I don't know, the Baldridge Lab at WashU really stood out to me. Every single person I talked to in the lab um, had only positive things to say about Megan um, as a PI. Um, it's obviously a really great place to come and do microbiology, microbiome research. Um, so yeah, so I was just looking for a really supportive environment. Um, I didn't I didn't apply to any of those, you know, the big labs that really crank out your science and nature papers. Not that Megan doesn't produce that level of quality of science, but I didn't want to be in that sort of um, really intense environment. I wanted to be more in sort of a nurturing and supportive postdoc. I see. And were you still interested in Justin Fage or did you actually uh, interview more broadly? Yeah, so uh, I did do a couple interviews outside of the phage world, but um, mostly I was still interested in doing phage work. Okay. And I guess then, can you tell us a little bit about your research, maybe some of the broader questions that um, you're addressing, and maybe some of the tools that you're using to answer those questions? Yeah, so... Phages in the human gut are still very much a black box. Um, most of what we know is in the gut, we can't actually culture. We don't know what it infects, what its bacterial hosts are, um, but there's a ton of phages in the gut. And so the big question is, what are they doing? So um, right now, my main project is trying to uh, basically discover which of those phages are infecting um, beneficial microbes, such as Fecalibacterium, um, Bifidobacterium, these are both really uh, health-associated bacteria from the human gut. Um, and so the way that I find the phages that infect them is, well, we've tried traditional techniques, um, your plaque assays, um, stuff like that, and it really doesn't work for a lot of these, a lot of these hosts. Um, for whatever reason, they don't like to make plaques on, plate, on plates. Um, so we probably just don't know what growth conditions they like, stuff like that. So we're taking a culture-independent approach. We call it viral tagging. Um, this has been used by 
actually marine microbiologists for at least a decade now. But in essence, viral tagging, you take um, uncultured viruses, uncultured bacteria, um, stain them independently with two different fluorophores, combine them, let the phages adhere to their host, and then after washing, you put them through a cell sorter to get only those bacteria that have phages bound to them, and then you can sequence them and see what they are. And so we've done this sort of um, completely culture-independent approach on a few samples in our lab, and recently have been adapting it to using cultured microbes, which makes it significantly easier um, from a computational standpoint, because then you know for sure this is my host genome, and this is, and anything that's not the host genome has got to be the phages that are bound to it. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of my main project. I'm also really interested in how phages interact with human cells. Uh, so we use CRISPR libraries in uh, tissue culture um, cells in our lab a lot. Um, so I did a screen looking for um, human surface proteins that interact with uh, phages from the gut. So that's also something that's coming down the pipeline. Cool, and so is that the idea that phages are doing something in the human gut that's um, directly interacting with their uh, the mammalian host, as it were? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the idea is that there might be something going on there. Like we know that we know that phages interact with everything in the gut, whether that's the bacterial host themselves, non-host bacteria, um, human host, other microbes. They even get through into the bloodstream sometimes. So yeah, the big lingering question is like, what are they doing? So we have a few hits um, that I'm following up on now, and I'm hoping that we can look at sort of what what do mammalian cells say when they see a phage. Cool. And I guess, um, can you give us a little um, thought about what is it like working in sort of a resurrected field in a way? Like phage virology was sort of some of the original virology, and then it like died and recently has had a dramatic resurgence. So what what is it like to work on a field like that? It's it's really cool. Um, it's really, it's just, I, I really like like the historical side of phage biology. Um, like I have Felix Sterrell's like memoir on my bookshelf behind me. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's really, it's really cool to like build on that history it's real. It's also really funny to sometimes encounter microbiologists who sort of come from that in between time where uh, sort of phages were put to the side. Nobody really worked on them intensely. Um, and for example, I had a member of my committee who ended up retiring um, when I was in grad school who told me that I shouldn't bother to work on phages, that there's more interesting biology to work on um, in my system, that it's not phage related. And they probably don't have any phages anyway, I think he told me at one of our first meetings. It's really funny, It's, um, but I'm really glad it's on, on the up and up again, because there's so much to explore. 
Yeah. And I guess, can you just talk a little bit about um, what is some of the new directions in phage virology? What are some of the big questions that we still don't know about phages? I guess even it's been impressive to see some of the medical um, treatments that people have actually done with phages recently that's very um, cutting edge. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it, like there's a really big applied side to phage biology, obviously, as you're alluding to with um, health, um, health-related treatments. So um, uh, phage therapy is really, I think, going to come on the up and up. So antibiotic resistance is becoming such a huge problem for so many bacterial pathogens. Um, so I'm really hopeful that phage therapy uh, gets developed quickly and fully um, to help to help with that. Um, so I really think that'll be a big part of our future in medicine. Um, but also, there's a lot of work on phage defense systems. So the one that most people will know is CRISPR, um, which now gets leveraged as a technology that we can use in the lab. Um, it might be getting used in medical treatment soon. Um, but there's all these other systems that bacteria use to resist phage infection um, that people are studying. They're like super diverse ways that these bacteria have used to evade infection with phages. So I think there's a lot of tech that can be developed from this knowledge. Um, but then also like a lot of people call it like dark matter. Um, all of this stuff that's in the gut, for example, or in the ocean, in soil, whatever biome you're really looking at, um, there's bacteria, there's phages that infect those bacteria, and we really mostly don't know what they're doing, except for a few very key instances like E. coli. Um, we don't we don't know what the phages are doing there. Are they really the puppet masters of these bacterial ecosystems um, is sort of a my favorite hypothesis. Cool. And um, what are your plans for the future? Where do you see yourself in five, 10 years from now? So in the future, um, I really hope to be a PI at an R1 institution like WashU. Um, I feel really passionately about mentoring. Um, the next generation of scientists, it's amazing to me just the caliber of science and research that gets done by trainees. Um, and yeah, so this is something that's been really a, a passion that's been instilled in me since I was an undergrad. Um, my PI, Mark Martin, we still stay in touch and he still very much um, occupies a mentor role for me. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really hopeful to stay on this path. Um, I'm also in involved with the microbial diversity course in Woods Hole at the Marine Biological Laboratory, uh, which is another great avenue for me to participate as a mentor. Um, and yeah, and really help both drive the science and the research forward, but then also be involved with the wonderful people who do the science. Cool. And do you have any vision about sort of what your lab's niche would be or topic? I hope that my future lab would still be using viral tagging as a primary method. Um, I think it's a really, a really innovative way to get around all of these technical issues with 
phages that don't like to make plaques. Um, so, so sort of methodologically, I think that's where I want to be. Um, and I really like the gut as well. There's such a diversity of bacteria to study both beneficial bacteria, um, which is what I'm working on now, but then also pathogens. Um, so for example, Clostridium difficile, um, or sorry, Clostridioides difficile. Now, <laughs> um, there are phages that we know infect it, but they're all lysogenic, right? So they're temperate, they can integrate as a prophage. Um, so no purely lytic phages are known for C. diff, um, which really boggles the mind and suggests that we're introducing some bias in how we're sampling these phages from the gut uh, that infect C. diff. Um, so yeah, so actually I hope to be working on C. diff in the near future, but yeah, I'm totally open to all sorts of diverse gut-associated microbes. Great. Well, thanks so much for talking with us today, and we look forward to hearing about your research at ASB. Thank you so much. This has been Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Thackray, and thanks for listening. You can find us on Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast providers, or at lmtv.podbean.com.